0: You know, I'd like to be on drugs, but I can't afford any drugs, but I'd like to watch shows about drugs. Can I do that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, my name is Adam Fortress, and uh, happy 420, everybody. Uh, I just, I've, I've, you know, I've always had this idea of uh, making a, a podcast or a video or something at some point, talking about uh, a pot-related movies and stuff like that. It's always been just kind of a subject that's been in the back of my head, but I've never really. Delve too specifically into them. I have seen a good number of uh kind of uh, uh pot films, if you will. And I've you know, I, I find some of them entertaining, I find some of them absolutely stupid. We'll talk about some today. And uh, it got me wondering and realizing hey, uh, there's a movie that I haven't seen before. Uh, from a group that I have not actually done any action. I haven't seen any Cheech and Chong movies. Let's let's cut to the chase. I'm not going to hide the ball anymore. We'll talk about it. But I never saw a Cheech and Chong movie until today. And uh, was it one of their better ones? Uh, according to the internet, no. Um, So I am curious to see other ones. But I'll talk a little bit about the history and all of that kind of stuff as well. I saw that, and then another movie after that that really put the first one into perspective. (laughs) We'll talk about all that uh, as things go along. Uh, But like I was saying, I, I was thinking... Uh, about about like you know, four twenty friendly movies and stuff like that. So I got a couple in mind that I was like, oh, these would be uh, now I can neither confirm nor deny that I have had any experience as, as such as the ones that I'm speaking about within this episode, uh, per view uh, ordinances and stuff. Uh, that said, this is all to what I'm to understand, uh, okay? Uh, So a couple of movies that I thought were like uh, some uh, some pretty, we'll call them honorable mentions for me. Maybe not even honorable mentions. I think I'm going to outright recommend these. Um, And I think you could do these two as a double feature. The new Suspiria. I like the old Suspiria, the original. It's fine. Uh, But I really think it comes down. That new Suspiria just blew me away. That thing was top notch. Um, Big fan. Uh, so I think uh, like a uh, a double feature of the new Suspiria and Climax, um, again not f- it is good. That is that is a way to um, go out and about because those movies are meant to kind of put you in some sort of uh, transfixed state and everything. Everything's pretty groovy, colors are going everywhere, and it's just it's nice. And Mandy is the exact same way, but they're they're also. Uh, there's wild and crazy horror stuff that goes on every now and then, so it's like, whoa, all right, that's insane, that's crazy. Uh, So I would definitely recommend uh, Climax, the new Suspiria, and uh, Mandy. Uh, there's another one that, uh, that kind of puts you in that same sort of mindset, Uh, was Enter the Void. Enter the Void, if you haven't heard of this, this is a movie that, I don't want to say it's entirely in first place, person because it's not it is it starts out in first person and when I say first person I mean not only do we see behind this person's eyes we also see the blinks as well and so the person in this who we're going through everything in their eyes uh is doing drugs and all kinds of stuff uh it's insane it it leads to a very I I think we talked about it way 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 back at the early uh early days of this podcast i forget who i even talked about it with maybe matt but it is um uh, bananas I, I i really recommend that movie uh because it is the visuals and everything are just trippy and the sound how they've designed it and everything because you're in this person's head really really that's nice. castor or uh, for those out there Um, then I came up with some, several other ones that I think I could just read off here and everyone would recognize them as kind of the, uh, the stalwarts of the, of the 420 friendly movies and everything. Uh, super troopers. I never saw super troopers and I'll tell you why. This is a weird one. Uh, there was a Robert De Niro movie out of that. I think it was city by the sea. It may not have been, if that's the same year I've gotten it correct. And that's kind of amazing. Uh, But for whatever reason, I I just I couldn't go see it in the theater. So it was one that, you know, you downloaded illegally. You tried to find some sort of torrent or whatever. I don't even know if it was technically a torrent at that point. Uh, But you found it. Right. And it's like, all right, you spend forever downloading it because it's a video file, even though it's just the most quality you've ever seen in your entire life you're waiting forever for it to download and then it finally gets there and it's not a robert de niro movie it's motherfucking super troopers and i just i got i was pissed off at that point so i never really i couldn't get into it just i had uh, they scarred me too much and it wasn't their fault it was whoever uploaded it and put it in as a robert de niro film or was it a clint eastwood film i forget one of them tough guys uh, Jake and Silent Bob Strike Back I didn't see that on a lot of lists but uh, seems like a quite an obvious one uh, we'll talk about the uh, Cheech Chong stuff here in a second half baked that's the one that honestly I looked at some of these lists and stuff online and surprisingly that's really not you know there a whole bunch uh, but I want to read a couple of these off to you because it really got me to thinking what actually qualifies something as kind of a stoner flick. Uh, so I was like, let me see what other people out there are saying. And let's let's talk about this for a second, because I think it's kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if anyone else out there agrees with me on this one. But uh, this one comes to us from BuzzFeed, the almighty BuzzFeed. We all know how great those guys are. Uh, this one comes to us from Victoria um, Valamanos. Sounds Greek or something. I don't know. Uh, it's entitled, Police are sharing their favorite, or m- er, police people are sharing i thought it was buzzfeed for a second it is people are sharing their favorite movies that are even better to watch when you're high sometimes you're just high you just zone out and do absolutely nothing sometimes you're trying to eat a bowl of cereal at 3 a.m and sometimes you're looking for something to watch uh well redditor i can't even i'm not even going to pronounce that uh, recently asked, if stoner movies didn't mean movies about smoking weed, but instead movies that are fucking amazing to watch while you're high, what are your favorites? And people did not disappoint. So here are 51 amazing movies. I mean, we won't go through all of them. Uh, but 51 amazing movies to watch the next time you're high. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Can confirm. Uh, I have seen uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey twice in IMAx once in the third row and then the other time in the first row, I may have even seen it a third time. I don't remember and and that's why I you know I enjoyed it a whole lot and I also couldn't remember and wouldn't mind going back as fast as I did and uh as 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 an employee at the time, I could do it, and it didn't cost me anything but boy, oh boy, was it uh really spectacular and i I like two thousand one. Uh, before that big re release and everything. Uh, but it was just seeing it on the big screen and really getting that true experience for the first time in something, you know, uh, cl- close enough resembling something that people would have seen uh, in 1968. That was as best as I could get. And it was like I understood it and not not because not because of, any, because of any inebriation or anything but really because it's just a very different experience and i don't even care if you have a you know 65 80 inch television at home it's not the same as having a 60 foot wide screen in front of you it's just it's not even close uh but so yes i would definitely agree with that one big trouble in little china though i don't know I don't know. I I watched that and and I it wasn't it wasn't one that did it for me. Not not in that state. Uh number 3 is uh our planet it's that, you know, dolphin shit. So it all looks cool. Big fish, I don't know why they picked big fish. That seems like an odd choice but shaolin soccer however i could see that as being a good fun time funny film uh quite entertaining do yourself a favor stay away from the Max cut it is awful don't do that um fifth element i could see that a lot of bright shiny colors and stuff like that it's a lot of like oh that looks cool waking life uh you may you may get queasy with waking life if you're not careful Tangled. I'm not sure how that one is. I've never seen Tangled, but I don't know why that would be on the list. Obviously, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, that makes nothing but sense. But then you've got things like... Uh, okay, well, this one's fine. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Whew. And in 3D? Let me tell you something. Good stuff. Uh, but there's a, there's just so many of these in here that are like... It's really odd that just seem like... Blade Runner, maybe, if you're just kind of in that sort of chill phase and everything. The Muppet movie, perhaps. It just, it seemed really weird, but like I said, I went through all of these things. And I even realized that uh, I was looking at all the kind of movies. And Cheech and Chong is obviously the kind of, you know, quote unquote, king godfathers of uh, of the stoner movie. And so I said, "Hey, why uh, wh- why have I not watched one of these?" And I couldn't tell you why. It's almost like Cheech and Chong were really just kind of embedded into our American psyche. They were they were almost a brand more than like actual people. We all knew who th- they were and uh you know how they acted and interacted with each other and everything and that they were always like you know talking about pot and stuff like that when you really watch a lot of their stuff it's it's certainly in there but it's not as it's not as like full you know stoner as you might actually expect it's more just a vehicle for their uh, comedy and stuff like that. But I have never actually, I've seen different you know bits and pieces of Cheech and Chong movies and stuff over the years. And obviously them in their later careers I'm very much aware of. Um, but it was never really a thing that crossed my, you know, crossed my line for some reason. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Weird little blind spot, but it's not like I didn't know who they were and that they weren't that cultural icon. It was just, they were like Mickey Mouse, a weird high pair of Mickey Mouses. (laughs) Uh, So I I looked in honor for uh, our 420 thing here. I decided to find any of these movies that I can, and sadly, I only found one, and especially this time of year. It just saddens my heart. Uh, here's the trailer for Still Smokin' from 1983. The
1: following preview does not contain any of the drugs, sex, language, or unnatural acts shown in the newest motion picture, starring the two most recognized names in show business. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please... Imagine Cheech and Chong in a place where no one recognizes them. Mr. Dolly, Mr. Bert. Where no one understands them. And where no one expected anything like them. I'm from Detroit. Imagine their confusion with the people, the plumbing, the customs, the dress codes. They're still smoking. But they're like you've never seen them before. So if you've ever seen a Cheech and Chong film, You must see this one, and if you've never seen a Cheech and Chong film, this is the first time I've ever been up here on stage. (laughs) You must see this one. I'm so nervous you couldn't get a pin with a jackhammer, man. I swear to God. Margaret, look at that. Okay, Eddie Torres. Cheech and Chong, bigger, better, and funnier than anyone could have imagined. Cheech. (laughs) And Chong Still Smoking.
0: All righty that was the trailer for Cheech and Chong Still Smoking from 1983. The only Cheech and Chong film that is streaming as of April 20th, 2021. Uh, here's the IMDb plotline. As we know, IMDb always 100 percent correct in everything they say and or do. Cheech and Chong fly to the marijuana capital of the world, Amsterdam, for a film festival where they take Dolly Parton at Burt Reynolds' place in a limo. Sweet press conference and performance. They throw in some sketches as well. What what a real what a real shit <laughs> summary IMDb. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me go. Here's the Wikipedia. Let me read the premise under Wikipedia. This will flesh it out a little bit better for you. Uh, Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong play versions of themselves being invited to Amsterdam for a film festival devoted to Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. So far, this is exactly what the plot is. In fact, all of this is what the plot is. Uh, after, after initially assuming that Cheech was Reynolds, the promoter soon finds out that neither Reynolds nor De Parton uh, will appear, forcing the festival. Damn it! Stop popping up. Forcing the festival to be canceled. In need of a replacement act, he goes to Cheech and Chong for help, and the duo happily volunteer to give a live stand-up performance. Most of the sketches are presented as cutaways, culminating in their live performance, filmed at the. Oh boy. Tuskas- Tuskanaski, Sure. Theater in September 1982, ending with the Ralph and Herbie routine. This is written by Cheech and Chong, directed by one a Tomas Chong. Uh, released on May 6, 1983. Uh, I guess this was sort of the, the tail end of the Cheech and Chong stuff. Uh, from what I've kind of read a little bit of, again, I come from this as a really only knowing them as the, um, just, I mean, for lack of a better word, the memes that they are, you know, they, they have a vibe to them. Everyone knows who they are. You say Cheech and Chong, everyone automatically just thinks, oh, those two stoners. I know exactly who we're talking about. I know the exact type of person that you're talking about. Now, who's going that way? Cheech and Chong. Oh, okay. We know what you're talking about. Uh, So I guess it kind of run its course a little bit at this point. Um, Here's the thing. Again, having not seen any of the other Cheech and Chong films, I'm just going to be judging it on this one. So I know that uh, I'm sure some of the things that I'm going to say are going to be like uh, to some of you that have seen those other Cheech and Chong movies. say, you don't know what you're talking about or no, it's all like that or that's the whole point. It's always been like that or it's never been like that. This was the first time. I don't know. I don't know. And frankly, I don't really care, but so judging on this film, what it seems like is that Cheech and Chong had this event, uh, somewhere, you know, in, in, you know, where they say like Deutschland, something like that, any, it's some Scandinavian country, maybe. Um, I said it, was it Venice, Amsterdam? I told you it was somewhere in the lowlands, (laughs) Uh, So they so they go to Amsterdam. I guess they're going there to do some sort of concert. But hell, that could have been, you know, Los Angeles for all I know. Uh, But they have this. They say, okay, we've got this concert footage here at the end. How do we get uh, from? Because they basically play themselves. I guess I don't know if that's a continuous thing. uh, But they do walk around as if everyone knows who Cheech and Chong is. And uh, they definitely have a comedy act. It feels like they are known to some degree. uh, But when it comes to other people recognizing them, no one really recognizes them. Uh, But yet at the end, when we have the big affair and everything, uh, they play it up as if we're supposed to be getting uh, Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds for a film festival. That's obviously not what these people are here for. <laughs> they're here for a Cheech and Chong show because they're very very excited because if you came to see Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton and you got Cheech and Chong, you'd be pretty pissed. But uh it's a uh, it's stupid. But at the same time, it's a lot it's never like wildly funny. You're never, you know, kind of slapping your knee going, boy, oh boy, have they done it again. This is just so funny. I think the big the big thing to me, the big standout is just Cheech Marin's acting. You know, we all think of Cheech as the kind of over exaggerated, you know, uh Vato stereotype, just like, hey, you know, it's it's the character that you always known, Cheech Marin as. Uh And he's so much more than that. He really is kind of a versatile guy. And this, through the impressions and everything uh, that he does in this movie, sure, they're kind of dialed up to 11 because these are almost like modern-day vaudeville sketches in a lot of ways. (laughs) They're meant for the stage. And, you know, we're all leading up to the big stage performance at the end. And so this is uh, all of these cutaways as they're coming from the beginning of the movie through to that final performance. We're getting all of these cutaways that are clearly all just, you know, bits of theirs that they've done in the past. Uh, Some of them work. Some of them are quite strange and odd. Um, But there are times when you're scratching your head going, man, what the the hell is going on? Because they mention E.T., how they could call E.T. on the phone. (laughs) I mean, it's fucking 1983, so of course they're gonna still be talking about ET at this point. Uh, you know, longest <laughs> box office number one in the history of films. So you know, several years later, they're still talking about ET as if he's a Hollywood celebrity. It's like, hey, I could call up and get ET down here, and they eventually shoot an ET movie, uh, but it's it is uh, like Eduardo Torres or something like that. <laughs> ET stands for extra testicle. Uh, it's really stupid. There, There's moments where you're watching and you know it's like, this is really dumb. This is really stupid. But something about it, the fact that they did this and it was at least successful enough for a while, kind of makes me proud of these guys because they're not like... Even Chong, who, you know, let's be honest, of the two, always seems to be the one that's more out of it than anything. Uh, There are a couple of straight roles that he plays in here that he actually does really well. So even though I don't know how much of his, you know, if you hear him in an interview, he always still sounds like he's high all the time. And it's just, it's very, just, it's all down here still. Everything is right in this neighborhood. So you think that it's just, he's just gone. But he, he doesn't always do that within the roles and stuff. So I feel like he was doing this sober. I don't know. I didn't read any of the uh, the particulars as to how, how things went down. But uh, it's not terribly over-directed. It feels like there's a lot of oneers, a lot of one-shots and stuff out there uh, where really you get to see Cheech kind of stretch and just show you how he is a hell of an actor. When he's up doing like his cowboy thing and everything, Uh, you know, it's Cheech Marin, but like, he just does everything to a degree where you just, you buy this like white redneck character that he's doing. It's bizarre. And that's another thing that's bizarre in this movie. And let's talk about it because, uh, we're, we're in a, we're in a problematic time and place. Uh, there's a lot of, um, interesting decisions that were made in this film, But I think ultimately, because I was concerned about them at first, and I'll tell you when I started being concerned about them. But ultimately, I think that it kind of ironed out mostly. It's still a little, it's strange, but I think ultimately it irons out. Let me tell you how it goes down if you haven't seen the movie. So after Cheech does his uh, little cowboy routine in one of the kind of flashbacks, flash forwards, imagineerings. There's it's, it's one of all of those things at one point or another in this movie. Uh, but once Cheech is done with that bit, he, he brings on that character brings on a a blind musician, blind harmonica, blues player, whatever he, put trumpet. I think he plays the trumpet or something like that, but maybe that's another part of the everything. There's so many damn sketches in it. It's hard to remember all of them. Uh, uh, but essentially, uh, Chong comes out in a little bit more than blackface. Now, on a scale of blackface, <laughs> on a scale of blackface, one uh, being like the worst kind of representation, I would say, let's just go with the jazz singer. You know, go that original route right there. All the way up to Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder, like that's your that's your level right there. That's like the lowest versus the highest When That's just like whoa, no one no one finds this acceptable. To hey, at least this makes some sort of narrative sense. Uh, this movie uh, lands in probably the six and a half to maybe seven range. In that, it makes you uncomfortable, probably because it's like. It's a, it's like a skin tone that's not quite found in nature so that it makes it almost look weird and otherworldly and stuff like that, which is like, feels even more racist. And like, you look at this character and you're like, I don't know any reason why, I mean, outside of the old idea of the black blues, man, I don't know why this, you know, couldn't have just been Chong in in the same getup, the same outfit and everything, because it's not the Chong clothes. It's the blues man clothes. If he was just dressed up like that, like he was in several other uh, sketches throughout the movie, I think it still would have been just fine. And so that part made me a little bit uncomfortable because it was just like, oh, this is not, I mean, it's not horrible. It's not really good either. It's, you know, it's, that's the, that's the roughest part if you can get through that and and on top of it it's not funny that's the even even worse than that is that it's not even funny like if it were funny you'd at least go like well it was it was a bit problematic in the way that it looked but at least at least we had a laugh at it this you go well it was it was problematic and it wasn't overly funny either so uh, kind of rough um that said they kind of went on and they went in the, so the next one the next sketch right after that that made you go like uh-oh here we go is they had like a, a like a gay space couple and it doesn't play like you would think it would you think it there's there's clearly the chance especially given the time of what was 83 i think 82 83 given this particular time this is rife for like really over the top Horrible, you know, just gay stereotypes and everything. It's just, it's, it's rife for that. And it doesn't really do that. It kind of was strange. They, they went like over the top, this crazy futuristic, almost think, uh, <laughs> fifth element, uh, kind of level of gay. And it's just, it's so over the top. And they're having these conversations, especially, especially with, um, with Cheech. He's got like this kind of uh Pavarotti white makeup on and everything, but they play everything albeit gay straight. It's a very serious scene. The the argument that this couple is having is just a standard regular couple argument. And the excess and craziness of it is it, I don't know. It was it, it was a weird thing because it didn't feel like you were watching anything that was crazy and weird and beyond anything else that's normal. It looked odd. It looked different, but it was really the same as any of these other things. And I feel like that's what they were trying to say with this is, and they didn't go in some, you know, cliche sort of certainly, you know, eighties, you know, racist and sexist are pretty, pretty up there. And homophobia is probably numero uno. So, uh, that would not that would not do well, but they they handle it so well here, and then they continue to go on through this movie and Cheech and Chong. Like I said, I think the way that this fills it out and where it becomes not a problem is they play everybody. <laughs> they they literally play I think everyone in in this movie at some point. Uh, you know, from a Japanese man, I, several white dudes, Latino dudes. Uh, uh, just everyone is made fun of. This was a um, a, f- a full-service offender to everybody, and it was that's what kind of made it fun. Uh, it was that comedy that we used to kind of see back in the day. While maybe not the funniest thing in the world, this particular one, perhaps others are funnier. Uh, but with this one, it was just like, wow, remember a day when we could all just kind of make fun of each other and like, we realized we could look at ourselves and go like, P- "Yeah, my people are stupid like that," and everyone else could do the same with their stuff because that's that's how we all are. We've all got our stupid people. I, we've all been those stupid people. Oh, but I do want to say I to before I would finish this up. This blew my mind. Uh, having delirious from Prince be in this movie, whoo! Holy smokes, that was pretty sweet. I enjoyed that a whole bunch. <laughs> really, really surprised. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys think, especially if you're out there and you are a uh, a fan of Cheech and Chong and everything. I I would I would be interested to see what you guys would think about it because uh, where it lines up in the scale. Because to me, it's okay. It's if the others are better, that'll be even better. But we'll see. righty, so that's uh, Cheech and Chong's still smoking. It is available uh, streaming right now on, I think, Amazon? Hulu? Amazon or Hulu. One of those. I forget where it was. Uh, check your local listings. Uh, up next, uh, I, I was, I was going to kind of leave it at that, but I decided to give you a little bit more. Hopefully you're still uh, sticking around for this. Uh, because this next one is uh, something else. Um, let's just do it. Here's the trailer for Evil Bong 420. <laughs>
2: Hi guys
1: Rabbit In the flesh Oh
2: yes What
1: in the name of Forrest Whitaker? I call it the, the weed blower
2: Unexpected side effects Horniness to the max
1: Never (laughs) learn Prepare to meet your baker. Oh, I see something
0: That was the trailer. I'm not. You're not getting a tagline out of me. Damn it! (laughs) That was the trailer for Evil Bong, 420, uh, from 2015, uh, written and written by Charles Band, Kent Radish, uh, directed by Charles Band. Uh here's the IMDB plot line. When Rabbit escapes Evil Bong's evil world, he opens a bowling alley and decides to have a celebration with friends. Little does Rabbit know that not only is Evil Bong on his tail, he's oh, I clicked to hit the whole summer, you son of a bitch. Uh but, but, but he's joined by Ginger Dead Man and they're showing up invite or not. Uh like I said, this is from twenty fifteen. It's rated R. Well, it's not rated technically. It's 53 minutes. It feels like two hours. Uh, So this is a full moon production, kids. So when you hear Charles Band, uh, you're probably going to be remembering a lot of uh, his brother and his old man, uh, Albert Band and Richard Band, uh, reverse respectively. (laughs) Richard Band was his brother. Uh, Albert Band was his father. Uh, so they've been, uh, cranking out these, uh, these full moon pictures and, uh, what's the other, uh, empire pictures and stuff like that. All of those things that he's, was, uh, has been just distributing forever in a day. Just now to give you an idea, I, I want you to think about this, just what you think somebody working at this kind of B level material and everything. He's not, not a huge guy or anything like that, but he is consistently putting out work, Charles Band. Uh he was born in 1951. He has get this. Th- this is not that big of a deal when you when you when you go, but you have to go in the right order. <laughs> so he's got one music department credit. Uh we have uh, two soundtrack uh credits there. Three additional crew. Ooh, four actor credits jumping up in the world. But, man, here he comes right out the gate. Writer, 56 credits. But, yeah, no, no, no. He ain't ain't excited with that. He's one of them band boys. So he's got to jump up to uh, 68 directing credits and a whopping 312 producing credits. This man is 70 years old, and he has produced 312 films. Most of them not good, I'm sure. <laughs> we're fucking honest about it. Uh, I never really got into the uh, any of the full moon stuff and everything like that. Like I said, I was uh, I was that scared kid and everything. But uh, I I think when I thought about horror movies being dumb little nothings and everything, I was really thinking about stuff like Charles Band, the stuff that I found like really was like fucking scary. Uh, was your, you know, stuff like A Nightmare in Elm Street 3. Uh, but with this, this stuff was fun. It was just f- funny in a very stupid way. And this movie was no different. <laughs> like I said, I haven't really watched a whole bunch of these. But what I can kind of gather while watching this one is that this is a world, man. Uh, this movie feels like you watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back... Uh, but you didn't see any of the previous Kevin Smith films, uh, which was my brother's case when he went to see that film. I had seen all the Kevin Smith films at that point. He had not, uh, being a little bit younger. So when that movie came out, he saw that movie. He thoroughly enjoyed it. He liked the movie a whole bunch. And then when he went back and watched all the Kevin Smith movies, he was like, oh, I understand this a whole lot more now. Oh, these, Oh, these, That's actually even more funny now. now that I know the references and stuff uh not to say that i'm going to go backwards and watch any more of these uh full moon pictures with all of these crazy uh fucking people uh because i uh, the biggest problem is is i am not their audience and I, I i was scratching my head for the 53 minute run of this film uh trying to figure out exactly who that audience is and i think i know i think i know uh boys of the age of 12 years old to like maybe 15 if they're kind of losers maybe even up to like 18 but past 18 I don't know who's like really looking at this and so I think there's a big giant gap pre-18 but most of them are like probably in the 13 to 16 range because that's what feels like this is perfect for and I'll tell you why in just a moment uh but I think there's also like an older group that grew up with full moon stuff in the 80s. And that's just kind of their jam. And, and I know these people, man. I went to film school with people like this. Uh, that, that's just their, that's their jam, dude. They like really, really fucking horrible stuff. I'm like, bro, there's like a gajillion things out here that are all amazing. Why don't you want to watch those things? They're like, no, I'd rather watch a full moon picture or a trauma picture. And God bless those movies for what they were. But like, w- when you look at someone and you're like, you haven't seen Pulp Fiction? What's wrong with you? It's it's strange, that's all. But this movie, um, it's not funny. Um, it's not particularly sexy. There is, uh, like I said, the reason I think a lot of 13-year-old boys would really enjoy this film is because this is what like an edgy 13-year-old boy would love. All right? Uh, at least, let's just talk about this particular one. It's got uh, boobs. That's numero uno right there. I mean, four twenties in the title. So, like, you know, any any kind of kid that just goes like, "Yeah, I'm a I'm a drug kid," or like, "I think I'm into drugs. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's just you know, I'd like to be on drugs, but I can't afford any drugs. But I'd like to watch shows about drugs. Can I do that?" That's what those. That's what those kids are thinking at that point. They're just like, ah, I watch something that has to do with drugs. That'll make me feel like I do drugs. And, and I know this because I was that kid. <laughs> it comes from a real place. Um, I, I feel like those kids would enjoy this, and I feel like the old men who uh, always loved full moon stuff and kind of gotten this infancy that's, uh, well, not infancy, but uh, certainly arrested development to where they're just like, yeah, this is still tits. Uh, and if you think that, I think there's probably something in you that also thinks that this is... Um, Because it it feels like there's so many of these connections and everything, Uh, it it feels like this is a soap opera in a lot of ways. There's a lot of characters that are clearly like recurring characters. I don't know that because I haven't seen these people before, but they're all talking like you know each other. I have zero idea of the relationship with all these people, but I know that they had $50 to put together, and they could hire uh, a lot of... uh, Uh, Girls who are entering the adult film industry or maybe on their way out. (laughs) I I don't know, but I will say this and maybe not all of them, not all of them. I think maybe one. Well, no, they at least made out. So that's maybe they're just actresses because I don't think they got topless at any point. But the the majority of other girls in this movie are topless at some point. And and again, we're selling to thirteen-year-old boys here, and and that's what they want. And the best part is, is thirteen-year-old boys, you get a little bit of everything, you know. <laughs> there's just like there's big ones, there's small ones, there's fake ones, there's real ones. It's all over the place. So you get a real cornucopia of boobs. So if you're a thirteen-year-old boy, that's a lot of that's a lot of variety for you. I would have enjoyed that back in the day. Um, but I, I don't know who this is for. It, there's it's all kind of weird little kind of side jaunts off to talk about this, that, and the other thing. All right. So I, I all of these people, they're just doing all of these recurring sketches and everything. Uh, but let me tell you how I think this is going down. And I don't know, I haven't done any research on this. This is just the vibe that I get from watching this. Uh, these guys are penny pinching geniuses. Uh, it feels like they rented out this bowling alley for one day Got all the establishing shots and everything that they needed. Uh, any shots that they couldn't do uh, any other way, that you had to have them in frame in in the physical bowling alley, you would do it that way. But every other shot, you would line them up for that shot. Take my guess is probably take a picture or a reference. Of what that frame looked like, and then take them away, film an empty plate, so you can later go back, frame them up, and they can they throw the background out of focus and everything, and they continuously because they're at a bowling alley and there's all these lights and everything everywhere, they're flickering these lights on their face in fast mo- in a fairly fast motion and they have these conversations between people and the camera's angles change ever so slightly or they zoom in just a little bit and they do move the background and all that kind of stuff uh but it it gives it this weird kind of almost too perfect Uh, otherworldly kind of thing, mostly because the background is far too out of focus. If the background was as out of focus as it would be, your depth of field is so shallow that the back of his head wouldn't look as in focus as the front of his face does. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense because when you're crushing it down that much. Uh, But you can tell that. There's so many of those shots where it just feels like they got the shot, they got the storyboard, they figured it out, they put it together, and then... Uh, they went back later after their one night at this place and then uh just put it all up on everything else up on green screen, did all the uh, the other acting and edited the whole damn thing together. It's kind of nuts. And there's like there's part of me that really respects that. And I had this thought once of uh, especially after uh, The Mandalorian and everything. And what is this if not a cheap version of? of the volume you know you get what you need and then everything else you're projecting up sure it's a little bit old school it's a little bit you know uh lesser technology of course than the volume but it's still the same sort of premise and frankly they do a decent enough job but it is it is kind of weird as far as production quality there is a strange bit that's like 10 percent more and 10 percent doesn't sound like a lot but it really is a, a, you know a bit more once you get up to that this kind of level But with like just 10% more work, this movie could actually look pretty darn good. I mean, mostly because you need to shoot it. You need to actually shoot it, uh, you know, and get proper cinematography for it. But it it could be a lot worse. Now, your lead character here, I can't remember his name off the top of the rabbit. Because, you know, why would you remember a man named Rabbit? Uh, This guy... Looks exactly like Woody Harrelson, (laughs) and uh, what's his name? Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey had a baby. That's what this guy looks like. He feels exactly like those two wrapped into one old stoner character. Uh, And really, all this—it's a topless bowling alley. It's just an excuse for girls to start taking off their shirts. Uh, Some of them look better than others. Uh, but overall, no one's super ugly. There is one girl I I couldn't tell you the uh, the kind of Asian chick and everything. She was the hottest of all of them. Uh, but uh, most of them were pretty good looking. I was kind of shocked. I was uh, you you feel like once they're at this kind of level, <laughs> the bottom level in the Hollywood business, doing a full moon production uh, on a green screen for fifty cents and a ham sandwich at lunch. Uh, they're they're good looking gals. Maybe they just want to get into acting. I hope I hope they just want to get into acting for their sake and everything. But uh, uh, I can't really recommend this to you in uh, any sober or form or otherwise. It, it's certainly not worth it to me. But there is something there is something strange about. The idea of watching more of these movies with these people and the, this weird-ass production value, there's an odd bit of me that kind of that gets it in a weird way. Uh, I, I don't think I have money for that much drugs, but I think I at least understand why people do what they do and uh, i hope you can do what you can do on uh, this 420 so uh, i would like to wish a happy one to you and yours um how about you drop me an email thefilmfind at gmail.com i got more things coming up Uh, i got great news for myself i got my job back uh, so I'll have that in about a month. So I'm really stoked about that. You know what that means. More movie reviews are coming out, kids. It's going to start happening. I'm super stoked for it. And I hope that you are stoked too. Uh, check out my other podcast, man. Here Movie Podcast. moviepodcast.com. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier 30 Questions where every week we ask 30 questions about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, that is it, everybody. Join me next time when we'll do something else. I don't know. See you then. Uh-huh.
2: No, tell it why I'm feeling Beyond, hey ay, ay, I'm beyond all that fuck shit. Hey, hey, mama, would you like to be my sunshine? Nigga, touch my game, we gon' turn this shit to Columbine. Ice on my neck, cost me ten times three. Thirty thousand dollars for a nigga to get free. I just hear deal and I spend like ten G's. I just did a show and spent the check on my mama. When I go and vacay, I might run out the Bahamas. And I keep like 10 phones. Them am really never home. All these niggas clones trying to copy what I'm on. Nigga, get your own. Trying to pick a nigga bone. wait to brother skip, boy, I had a good day. Metro PCS, trappin' bone, making plays. Fifty shades of gray, beat that pussy like a hugin. I know you know my slogan, if it ain't by grab and gone. Niggas hurtin' cause I'm chosen from the concrete I had rolled. Shorty starin' at my neck is cause my diamonds really froze. Put that dick up in her pussy, bet she feel it in her toes. I'm a real
0: young That uh that little yachty, he's a he's a poet. One of them poet kids right there, you know, they're uh it's funny, this song, because um, little he's talking about how uh, he's got all this money, got himself a necklace, cost $30,000, paid his mama's rent and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then talks about Metro PCS. I have uh, I have sold Internet to people online and you, you end up finding out what their phone company is. And in uh, MetroPCS, I'm sorry if you got MetroPCS, but I think you know what I'm about to say. Every one of them failed. <laughs> All across the country, uh, every every age range, every race and creed that you could possibly imagine. You hear uh, MetroPCS, and you're like, this is not going to be good. I get it, though. I, I You know. You're talking to somebody with absolutely horrible credit. A horrible everything. But hey, I I got a sunny I got a sunny disposition right Can't talk, man. Uh it, it has been an early four twenty, but not not too bad. Uh that is that's it everybody. Uh thanks for joining me, and uh I'll see you next time.